Welcome to the Return of the Empire podcast, coming off of four straight wins, although I would say uh, last week was a little ugly, but we'll yeah. get into that here in just a second. <laughs> I am Jay Mars, joined as always by the guru of Garoppolo, our 49ers beat writer, our 49ers insider, Kyle Shanahan's left-hand man, <laughs> Emiliano Fergoso. What's up, Emil? I'm doing great, Jay. How you doing? You know, I'm good. It's always nice when you're riding a four-game win streak. Yeah. Even if that four-game win streak is just not – it hasn't been pretty. No. You know, it hasn't been pretty. But in the NFL, when there are 17 games, wins are wins, man. Yeah. And when the win last week was a statement win for the defense. Yes, for the defense, absolutely. It was also a statement win for the offense, but not in the way you're thinking. No. The, um, <laughs> there, were, there were issues – Things happen that me and you have discussed in the past weeks that could affect the 49ers. Like everything you didn't want to see happen. All that momentum of, ah, guys are getting healthy. Ah, well. Well. We got some injuries we got to talk about. Uh, Let's start off, though, um, with some news from this morning. And we're recording this on Friday at Mm -hmm. 10.02. Kyle Shanahan was on KBR in San Francisco this morning. And Debo Samuel battling a hamstring injury right now. And Quad. Quad, I'm sorry. Quad. And Shanahan basically said if they can't see anything from Debo, who's been working and rehabbing and trying to get this quad ready to go this week, mm-hmm. uh, there's a really good chance we don't see him on Sunday. Yeah, he wasn't. I was there yesterday in the rain at the practice. He was not out at all. And that's what's re- weird about it is that he was off the injury report Monday and then was limited Wednesday and then was a no-show on Thursday. When guys are training down through the week, that's a bad sign, typically. No. So we'll see what happens today through their walkthrough. He might go out there, he might not. But again, like Kyle said this morning, they got, they got to see something from him. The issue was that his quad, he took that big hit in the end zone, uh, I believe it was the third quarter, where he was down for a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. And it was like, is he going to get back up? What's going on? He got up, finished the game. But a little bit of soreness, a little bit of tightness, it's not loosening up the way, the way they want it to. And they're more cautious this season, at this point in the season, because of it. So we'll see what happens with Debo, but it's trending to where he's not going to be playing this weekend. Yeah, and that that is critical because when it comes to the run game, uh, Christian McCaffrey a little banged up. Looks like he'll be playing, though. Yeah. But knee irritation, which I've... That that was a new one for me. What, what, one for me can you explain to me what knee irritation is? Your guess is Irritation as good as mine. of the knee, is that he, what we're just going to go we, with? Yeah, no, we asked Christian about it yesterday, and he's just like, I kind of just felt something like a little knee irritation, like my knee just was kind of bothering me. It's kind <laughs> they of like, just rolled with it. Yeah, they, they, they all just kind of rolled with it. It's just kind of bothersome injuries, and, and it's a problem to hear like soft tissue injuries with him, especially because of his injury history mm-hmm. and how often he's off the field. So when it comes to knees, it's like, well, I don't know. And, Isn't it interesting, though, and this is just somehow the football gods work this way, we have the injuries to – Debo, mm-hmm. the knee irritation with Christian McCaffrey, I- Elijah Mitchell, <laughs> oh, that man. sucked last week. That MCL sprain. He'll be done for another six to eight weeks yeah. after. Was that his second game back from injury or third? Third. Okay, so he's he's essentially appeared in four games this yeah. year. And a big reason why they traded Jeff Wilson Jr. to Miami was anticipating Elijah Mitchell being healthy. Uh, Christian McCaffrey comes over, obviously from Carolina, and uh, we don't know if we're going to have any room to find you know plays for Jeff Wilson Jr. Yeah. Okay, makes sense in theory, but me mm-hmm. and you talked about this when that trade happened, mm-hmm. and I said my fear with this was that one or both of Mitchell McCaffrey was going to go down. Yeah, because you're talking about two guys that have injury history, and when it comes to Mitchell, I mean, this is only his second year in the league, and he's already an injury risk. Yeah, I thought the trade wasn't the brightest trade in the moment and now going into a game against Miami that has 
LOL, Jeff Wilson Jr. Jr. on the team. It just seems like I, I don't know why they didn't anticipate something like this happening. Look, it wasn't that they didn't want to anticipate. They wanted they wanted to do right by their guy. Sure. And that's what we talked about with Jeff Wilson Jr. previously, is that they wanted to do right by him and get him more opportunities and throw him to basically give a freebie to, to, to Mike McDaniel down there in Miami. Hey, you want to go fifth-round pick? Cool. We'll give you mm-hmm. a guy you know really, really well. And that's how it's worked out. He's been fantastic for Miami since yeah. he joined. Fantastic. Him and Raheem Mostert. Even Mostert was out. I believe, I believe it was last week he was out. Jeff Wilson Jr. was cooking just on his own. He can really lead, lead a backfield, and it's really interesting to watch. But I have to say, they have two rookie running backs that they want to get the ball to. There are other people on this team. That's why they carry five running backs on this roster, including Tevin Coleman, who's on the practice squad, comes up and down. They like Tevin Coleman, too. It could be well, a Tevin Kyle Coleman. Likes Tevin Coleman. So, so is Kyle. Chris Forrester. Yeah. You, you hear Chris Forrester talk about the run game coordinator, by the way. You hear, you hear <laughs> him talk about Tevin Coleman. He just glows with Tevin Coleman rave every single time we talk about him. It's kind of wild. But to your point, Jeff Wilson Jr. would be a big help this week. Yeah, and that's what I meant by I understand they wanted to do right by Jeff Wilson Jr. That's fine. That's all well and good. If you had two guys in your backfield, though, that were extremely reliable from a health standpoint, Mm -hmm. then it all makes sense. Mm -hmm. But you had to kind of – most Niner fans figured one of McCaffrey or Elijah would be banged up again. It was just kind of a thing, you know? Yeah. And now Elijah's done basically for the rest of the regular season. Mm -hmm. He might come back for the playoffs. Yeah, Christian's will. a little irritated, so now you got the two rookies. Tell us a little bit about Jordan Mason and Ty Davis Price. Well, Jordan Mason's ahead of Ty Davis Price, just on the, on the depth chart. Ty Davis Price has been a healthy scratch the last couple weeks. He has it cause, just because of too many backs in the room, too many cooks in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Jordan Mason, they love him on special teams. He's out there for over 50% of their special team stuff. And then last week, with McCaffrey and with Mitchell both banged up, they turned to their rookie, undrafted rookie out of Georgia Tech late in that game, six minutes to go. Not a spot you want to use your rookie because obviously ball security issues with him being on the sideline most of the game, not great. He was phenomenal. Five carries, 25 yards. He moved those chains, including a great nine-yard cup uh, counter run that really set it up, and the guys were just puzzling for him on the sideline. Just a quote from from uh, Mike McGlitchy this week. His confidence, his demeanor, his passion, his like his love for the game. If he gets another opportunity like that, we have all the confidence in the world. And that's that was earlier in the week. That was that was Monday. He said that. How do you see him yeah. splitting carries with McCaffrey, especially if McCaffrey's still a little banged up? It depends. I, McCaffrey says he is good to go. He's fine. There's no problem at all. I expect him to be off the injury report actually mm-hmm. today. Um, but I could see it like a 75-25 split for him, where McCaffrey's getting the bulk of the carries, bulk of the snap because of his dual threat ability. Jordan Mason's biggest thing has been pass blocking. That's been the biggest thing with with these rookies. Is can you fit right in this scheme? First year, it's hard in this Kyle Shanahan scheme. So they're going to use him as a short yardage bulldozing back like he is and then throw McCaffrey out there with all the other big chunk play stuff. So the big storylines coming in outside of that are the Dolphins storylines. Obviously, you have Mike McDaniels coming back for the first time. Mike McDaniels having a great, great season with the Dolphins. Mm -hmm. Really looked like, you know, we talk about how good of an offensive guy Kyle Shanahan is, man, but... Mike McDaniels is definitely missed with the 49ers offense, and it shows a lot in Miami. He's done a phenomenal job there as well. But you got the two backs coming back, Raheem Mostert Mm -hmm. and uh, Jeff Wilson Jr., who we just alluded to earlier. But uh, Raheem Mostert getting a little loose at the lips uh, this week when it came down to the 49ers, uh, the offense, and uh, specifically one James Garoppolo. Yeah. What, what what did you make of Mostert's comments? Because after he made those comments, he has been moonwalking. He's walking it back. He, yeah. I mean, quick, fast, and in a hurry. Yeah, he's walking. Look, 
the words get taken out of context. It is what it is. Interviews, people say it's competitiveness, spirit of the game, mm-hmm. right? They're, they're friends off the field, but when it, when you lace them up, when you got 60 minutes on the field, there's no friends. There's nothing like that. It's just about football. So there's competitive edge with that, right? <laughs> they they want to win. They want to show stick it to the Niners. Hey, Kyle, we did it with Mike and all this stuff. We're in the Dolphins. We're we're back. We're prime right. time. We're South Beach. All this great stuff. Yeah, not so fast. This Niners defense no. has been brutal. And stopping Alvin Kamara last week, holding him to seven carries for 13 yards rushing, two fumbles, the first time in his career, or the first time in the season at least, um, and he's done that. Good, good luck to you guys. <laughs> yeah, and this is a line that's not exactly great for Miami. You know, no. I, I think the defense is going to be able to penetrate. And it's going to be interesting because if I'm D'Amico Ryans, which, spoiler, I'm not. I would imagine they're going to try to get a lot of pressure on Tua. Oh, yeah. That's Sunday. that's the whole point is getting mm-hmm. pressure. And it's going to help this week with getting Eric Armstead. Yes, we didn't talk about that. Eric Armstead, who has not played since week four, yep. battling the hairline fracture. He's had a host of injuries. Plantar fasciitis and the other one. I mean, I it's mean, just gosh. been. And, you know, we've been speculating now for weeks. When is Eric Armstead going to come back? When is Eric Armstead going to yeah. come back? You know, there hasn't been a lot of information out there on Eric Armstead yeah. and a timeline. But, Tight-lipped. you know, he told reporters and yourself yesterday he will be in action this week. How do you see that impacting the game? Do you, uh, what kind of rust do you think Eric's going to have? He'll have some. Yeah, he'll have some. But I, I think that Eric's a veteran. And I think that's going to really help the presence up front. Now, other other defensive tackles done really well for the Niners. Ty, Ty McGill, who they brought mm-hmm. off of the practice squad, he's been fantastic for them. Uh, he was on the Vikings in the, in the preseason. They loved him there. They brought him on. Eric Armstead is a force. He can he can play all over the offense, all, the defensive line, both tackle as well as end, and it, it's going to help. While his stats aren't staggering, they aren't eye eye dropping anything like that. His presence alone is what helps Nick Bosa. Right. What helps others? Charles Amenahue. It helps him get to the quarterback. It's just mm-hmm. having Eric Armstead up front there. And as well, in the run game, stopping him is also super important for Eric Armstead. Well, and that's the big thing where I think Armstead will really help is in that run game mm-hmm. is because, you know, last year when they had him playing a defensive end, he was okay. Yeah. But the Niners' defense really, I felt, got going last year up front is when they moved him to tackle. And yeah. it was such a good move, and I think that presence has definitely been missed there this year. Yeah. And so now you're going to have him at the tackle. Obviously, you'll have Bosa at the other end. Uh, Javon Kinlaw, are we getting anywhere with that or no? No, there's no word. Javon Kinlaw was was in the locker room, but there's just still really no nowhere on him. It seemed like last week Kinlaw was more on track than Armstead was, and it just kind of goes back to not having a timeline on Armstead more than they, anything they else. They were again loose lip sink, sink ships with the right. Niners. They are as tight lipped as it gets. If they don't want information to go out, they will not let information go out. It's just that simple. So with Armstead, it's a not surprising that he all of a sudden is healthy again. It's just because kind of how they do things. With with Kinlaw, it's about managing the fluid buildup in his knee. That's the biggest issue, and they haven't liked the returns they've gotten so far this year. Mm-hmm. It's been a process. They knew it was going to be a process this year, coming back from an ACL injury to such a big person. Sure. But it's just really deflating for Kinlaw, who just hasn't seen the field. But when he plays, he's awesome. He is. No, and Kinlaw, in, you know, they drafted him after that DeForest Buckner trade yeah. with that Colts pick, thinking he was just going to slot right in there yeah. and fill in what Buckner's done, which, you know, that— 
Buckner was another guy kind of like Armstead where, I mean, you're talking about a pro bowl defensive tackle, but again, it's just not a position that gets a lot of love because it's not a skilled position, so to speak. Yeah. But I mean, they missed Buckner so much after they went. And then when you just factor in that Ken law just hasn't been able to stay healthy, man. Well, they chose, I don't, I don't want to be rude here, but they they chose, they chose the wrong guy. I think a lot of people (laughs) in retrospect, and I know what you're saying because the guy they chose was Eric Armstead. Yeah. You know, it was basically like from a money standpoint, we got to keep one of these two guys. And, I get why they chose Eric, but again, and we're Monday morning quarterbacking here. We're getting it, but I mean, Buckner's so freaking good, man. He's been great in Indy since he got traded there. Because he's a great player. Yeah. He really is a great player. Eric Armstead, also a really good player. Eric is very good. Yeah. This is not a disrespect Sacramento's own Eric Armstead. But but he's not not on the level of DeForest Buckner. Respectfully, he's not. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it goes back to the loyalty and the family thing and the, the publicity, all that stuff. And, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so one thing I wanted to bring up this week, because we almost saw it last week. Sure. I mean, you kind of talked about this off air was, man, Jimmy, Jimmy was taking a beating. Oh. And there was a point in the game where we thought it was going to be the Brock Purdy show. Yeah. That is something that when Trey Lance went down and they reinserted Jimmy because Jimmy's had health issues as well. Yeah. I feel like the 49ers have been really lucky that he's been essentially healthy, you know, for the most part last year and this year as well. But that is something going into these last six weeks or so that I think we should really pay attention to, that if Jimmy goes down, what do you do? I mean, you you go to Brock Purdy, obviously. I mean, that's the obvious answer here. But, I mean, all they say, and I get why, and it's the correct thing to do, is that Trey Lance is done for the year. Yes. It's correct. He's not playing. Let's get the record straight. He's not playing this year 49ers fans. But, but, hold on. No, but if you can, let's say Jimmy does go down at some point in the next six games. Sure. Okay. Let's just say this happens. Okay. And you get into the playoffs uh-huh. and Trey Lance is healthy. No way. You're still going Brock Purdy. Yeah. There's no way he's not playing this year. I'm telling you, he's not playing this year. Yeah. Even if healthy. No, he's not playing this year. They value his long-term future way more than the short-term of what can happen. Oh, they showed that when he freaking ran the ball at the guts for 10 times no, a game. No, I'm no. not going to go let's there. Let's not go back in this circle. <laughs> oh, because I got a whole thing about that, too. I, oh, use him like a fullback. I just find this to be so... Th- this season can go so many different ways for the 49ers. And when I saw Jimmy go down, I thought for a minute there, I'm like, oh, God, they're going to have to go to Brock Purdy. I thought those. Well, Brock did, too. He got the ball. Oh, yeah. He was he, <laughs> he was, was ready to up. go. And I'm like, man. And we spend a lot of time talking about the flaws of Jimmy Garoppolo because they are so apparent. Yes, they are. You know, they're so apparent. You you watch him one, run a read option, and it's, it's never quite the right option. But I think what we did see in that moment was like, oh, my God, this is why Jimmy Garoppolo is so valuable. Yeah. Because the sometimes, and a lot of this, I mean, is because we look at quarterbacks in a vacuum, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you forget, well, what's the next option? We can mm-hmm. sit here and complain about Jimmy Garoppolo all we want, but if this team has to go to Brock Purdy, they are not winning a Super Bowl. No, it's and it's no offense to Brock Purdy, you know, but there's a reason why Brock Purdy was a third-string quarterback. Like, nobody's ever done that. And so, second string now. Well, second string now, but I mean, when you started the year, he's a third string yeah. quarterback because that's at this point in hey, life. He won the job over Nate Sudfeld. We can give him at least that, right? Oh, I'll give him that. But again, are we talking about Nate Sudfeld doing anything? Yes, no. Right. Again, Brock Purdy's a third string quarterback. Yeah. You have them on the roster almost as an emergency thing. Yeah. This would be going to an emergency. So I think we got to get used to the idea that 
I think, and we had Sean Salisbury on the Carmichael Dave show earlier, who he says he thinks the Niners can win a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. I do too. I agree with that assessment, and people really need to start embracing that idea. Like, if this <laughs> team is going to win a Super Bowl, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be your quarterback, flaws and all. Well, this it's, season, yes. Yes. I'm, that's what I'm talking about. This season, okay. particularly. And I saw a few people on Twitter like, why not give Brock Purdy a chance? It's like, and I, I never understand this. This is why I usually stay off of social media yeah. during these times. These NFL teams, as dumb as we think they are sometimes, they spend a lot of money on coaching, scouting, front offices. If they felt Brock Purdy gave them a better chance to win, Brock Purdy would be the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers right now. I agree. I agree. Absolutely. So as bad as Jimmy was last week, because I thought Jimmy sucked last week. He wasn't great. I thought, and this is, again, it is the, it's the roller coaster of Garoppolo. It's one of the shakiest. It's one of the most up and down all season. But I think this week he does have a chance to establish himself and have a really good game against this Miami team. They need to. Mm-hmm. They, it, this, is, this is not only a win to, to hold the division up going to 8-4 and four against, against the NFC West leading into the back half, which is going to be mostly divisional games. This is a bragging rights game. It's yes. like, this is an old-school college football game where you got to win because it's protecting your house. Mm-hmm. This is what this is. You can't lose the Dolphins and Mike McDaniel's at home. No, Are you it, kidding me? That that will have it will feel like when Kyle Shanahan goes in and pants is Sean McVay. Yeah. Every game. It's going to have a similar feeling to that and you don't want that feeling because a you got five more games after that and yep. this the playoffs are not a guarantee for the 49ers. The division is not a guarantee for the 49ers. And what they got the Seahawks in 2 weeks? In yeah. Seattle, on that's going to on Thursday night football. That's going to be a tough game. That's just the division, to, right? There. That is the division. I was just going to say that you have to win this game. You have to you have to keep winning games going into that and win the Seattle game to win the division. Yeah, I mean they're only a game back. Seattle, Seattle's at six and five. Yes, and and they have shown abilities to pull out these games out of their behind. Right, regardless of what happens, they figure out a way to win. They figure out a way to win, and I don't look at the game earlier in the season where the forty nine the, the Trey Lance goes down, Jimmy Garoppolo comes in, and the forty nine ers trash him. Yeah. You're going to Seattle. That's going to be a rough matchup, man. Especially because they're coming off two games. One against the Rams. That's that's a win. Yep. And the other one against the Panthers at home. That's also a win. Right. So they're going to be on. They're going to be on a two game winning streak, coming off a tough loss against the Raiders in overtime. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to be amped up. Yes. To take this division back. No, 100. percent To win this Dolphins game. You have to win the game this weekend. And I, I get nervous in games like these because this is a very good Dolphins team, and I don't want to keep. Yeah. I don't want to keep having to say that. I mean, Mike McDaniels has done a great job so there. Good. But the the line on this game is three and a half. I saw in the notes you have the Niners by four. 28-24? I do. Yeah. 28-24 Niners. I just think they, they figure it out offensively. I just think this offense is so inconsistent, but they that's, do figure it that's out. That's the thing that scares me, though. Yeah. If I'm being 100% honest, that's the thing that scares me because I think the 49ers defense will play good. Yeah. But this is a very good Dolphins offense. They're going to put up points. Here's my here's my one qualm. The Dolphins are going to be without Teron Armstead, the best the yes. best left tackle besides besides uh, Trent Williams in the, in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He has a pectoral injury. He's trying to play through it. Even if he plays through it, he's not 100%. He'll be limited, yeah. He'll be limited. They're also without Austin Jackson. He was off. He was on the injury report and did not practice Thursday as well. Two of your tackles are not on there. That's not good. Half your defense is also on the injury report as well right now. Their best slot corner, their rookie, um, Kadar Kahu, he has a thumb injury. Who knows if he's going to play? He's probably their best cornerback besides Xavier Howard. This Dolphins team is banged up. The Niners are actually, surprise, surprise, the more healthier team with the two. Yeah, who, I know. Who would have thought? <laughs> um, they got to win this game. Do you think this is the week that the offense finally comes together for two halves? 
Because, I mean, last week was abysmal in New Orleans. But the week before that in Mexico against Arizona, I mean, the second half, it's like, oh, my God, this is what we thought was going to happen. I just I just I, I want I, I don't want to be rude. National media got got on there, got on them way too quick. And they're like, yeah, I think they can win the Super Bowl. It's like you're not watching all the games. You don't understand how in, how inconsistent this team it's is. It's so inconsistent. It's but so that's what I mean, even with the Dolphins injury woes. Yeah. If they're not consistent on offense and you're missing Debo and, you know, you're limited with Christian depending on how how irritated that knee is. Like you said, they're not going to tell you. Duh. No. But, I and mean. He, can, was, he was out there full yesterday. He's fine. Uh, yeah. He's fine. Can, but can Jimmy G get it going enough? <laughs> yeah. He can't. I, I, let me answer the question. He can. Will he? Yes. Okay. I do. So I you do. do think this is the week? Yes, I do. I think Jimmy G throws for at least two touchdowns. I feel touchdowns. like I just forced you into that. No, I... <laughs> I feel like I just forced when you When you say this is the week, what does that actually mean? This is the week that they play consistent offense for four quarters. For four quarters? No. For three quarters, yes. Okay, so we're, we're that's still progress. <laughs> that's still progress. I, I will believe it when I see it when they play a full game where they offensively and defensively on on the same page. All right, here's what I say, because if they can play really good offense for three quarters, they win this game. Correct. They yeah. do that the following week, they'll win that game. By the Seattle game, you need to have four quarters going. You would think, but I don't know. I mean, Seattle, their defense is not good. No, but that's what I mean. It's picture perfect if you're really going to go in there. I mean, that line, too, has been shaky forever. Oh, God. Still well, shaky. I mean, it's I, been improved. Well, the Seattle line, their their tackles are great. They got two rookie tackles, Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas. Yeah, but if you go awesome. up the middle on them. Yeah, you can, you can, <laughs> you can go up the middle on them. And, and as well, their defensive line, they, they can't stop a truck. They couldn't stop a bus parked, yeah. honestly. Yeah. I mean, again, the 49ers had a field day with them in week two, but it's going to be a different matchup. But the 49ers should still be able to score the ball is my point. So Yeah, they should. I am looking forward to this game. I do think the 49ers will eke it out as well, yeah. but I will not be shocked if they lose by like a field goal. I mean, none of this us. This is going to be a close game. We, oh, it's the game of the week. Easily the game of the week. I mean, I, I think it's better than Bengals Chiefs. I, I was... I shouldn't say shocked. I was surprised it didn't get flexed into the Sunday night. They protected it. That's why. Fox protected it. They wanted it. I mean, that Sunday night game, though, usually can get their way, especially because the NFL will usually nudge on them because that's the big that's the big primetime game. But again, True. they the Fox kept this. They wanted this one. They're like, we are going to get viewership on this one. So they Chris, who's, who's on a Sunday night against the Cowboys, right? I believe so, yes. I do not be shocked, folks. Conspiracy theory of the week. <clears throat> That if uh, Jared Jones was not going to be flexed out of that Sunday night game. No, it's Cowboys-Colts. Jared Jones was not going to be flexed out of a Sunday night football game. Jerry Jones is king. His (laughs) Cowboys are going to put on a route on the the Jeff Saturday Colts. Okay, we have to talk about this real quick and then we got to go. Okay. This is because the Colts got brought up. So, (laughs) the Colts are also going to be in San Francisco this weekend. Or in like two weeks. Whenever the hell the date is on that. I think it's next weekend. Yeah. I had no idea this existed. But it was brought to both mine and Emil's attention before we started recording. The Jim Ursay experience will be coming to San Francisco, I believe, December 6th. Care to, like, inform people what the Jim Ursay experience is? I'm going to give you a spoiler. It has nothing to do with the Colts. No, it's about Jim Ursay showing around all of his little toys and collections to the masses and... I I hope they're raising money for. I haven't I haven't they're seen not, that yet. I went to the it okay. went to the event page and everything. It's just literally this. Jim Ursay has this collection of music and sports memorabilia, pop culture stuff, yep. like signed Thomas Jefferson documents. Yeah. Or what what was the John Han? There was a John. He's a John Hancock of John Hancock. There you go. He's a John Hancock of John Hancock. 
He has all these guitars. He has a book about his guitars. I did not know this was a thing. Jim Ursay, man. So <laughs> if you want, and Jim Ursay like plays in a band apparently, yeah. like uh, James Dolan does with the New York Knicks. So if you would like in San Francisco, we'll give him a plug here. Tickets are free. You got to go uh, just Google the Jim Ursay experience and reserve your tickets again. They're free. I believe it's that Bill Graham Auditorium. Yeah, it is. And you can go watch Jim Ursay play music and and show you his toys. I'm sorry, I can't stop laughing. What's even funny about this is they're not even scheduled to play the 49ers in San Francisco. I know. So why are you coming to the Bay Area, dude? I think you hit it right off air. Like this is how you know Ursay is punted on the season. Yeah. Hey Jeff, come in and just get us through, and yeah. hey, maybe we'll get you the job next year, Rooney Ruler. Maybe no, you'll Rooney be the Rule. maybe you'll be a defensive line coach. Who knows? Oh, offensive line. Well, coach. it's Jim Ursay, dude. He could Who be knows? the head coach next year. Don't get it twisted. I don't know. And uh, while you're doing that, I want to go show everyone in San Francisco my toys <laughs> and show how good of a musician I am. Why San Francisco, though? Is my, I, I mean, it's a pop culture mecca, apparently. More than, I don't know. I guess because, like, if you're going to try to get 100 people to something, because that's probably who will show up, you need to go to cities that have the most people. New York's closer. Listen, I don't it's know. a free event. There's a lot of people in San Francisco, and you know where I'm going with this, that will gladly walk in. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, they will. And just look at uh, stuff. Mr. Ursay, you might want to watch some of those guitars, friend. Yeah, That's all I, I will say. <laughs> I can't even. What is this podcast anymore? <laughs> With the Jim Ursay show. The freaking Jim Ursay experience happened and it oh. ruined everything. Oh, all right. We got a roll. We got a meeting with a boss. You got the Niners 28-24. I got the Niners 30-21. to I like it. And then we'll both be wrong, and they'll put up 52 points on the Then we get talking about Jimmy G is not going to be Jimmy G is the best quarterback in the NFL, and then I have to do that whole dance. All right, Emil. Well, you have fun at the game. Uh, where can people catch you? At Emiliana Fergosa on my Twitter, on my Instagram, <laughs> as well as at Sacktown Sports 1140. Um, again, post-game live every, on every IG after every <laughs> single game. Um, hit me up on there. Ask questions. Leave comments. All that great stuff. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. And Emil will be signing autographs at the Jim Say Experience December 6th. Yep. You can find him there. <laughs> All right, we are out of time, sir. I will talk with you next week. Go Niners. Go Niners.